here we go. This is it. Episode number 236 of No Laugh Track Podcast. My name is Justin Severson. I am the lucky guy who gets to host this each week here at Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis. Circle of Heat is the name of the band uh, who you should uh, look into, get some more info, check their website because we play their music. They're nice enough to let us play their music at the beginning each week there. Uh, thank you to Olingon Mitra, who was my guest last week. That was... I. I I was flying high after talking to him last week. I, uh, it was a really, really good episode. I'm proud of that one. Uh, I'm here this week with Joe Zimmerman. Hello. And, uh, yeah, we were talking. Last time you were here at Acme and doing this podcast was, uh, I wrote it down, September of 2014. Yeah, a little over two years ago. Yeah. Here we are. I didn't realize it. I thought it had been less than two years, but it's been more than two years. More. Crazy. Time is flying. Life. Yeah. It's going by. Uh-huh. I don't know what to do about it. Uh-huh. So uh, we have, a, you know, like I said, 45 minutes, hour or so. So I like Alingon, by the way. He's a friend. Oh, is he? Yeah. You know him? Yeah. God, he's great. Any topics that you loved him talking about? Uh... We, you know, you know what I thought was in... I asked him at one point if uh, I... It just came to me while we were talking. I was like, I bet um, that people like, you know, Indians like him, I bet they never make the mistake of calling Native Americans Indians. Yeah. And then he actually said growing up <laughs> that it, it's for, for a long time he thought he was from Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. Well, India, Indiana, I must be from Indiana. He described a globe or some sort of map they had at their house, and it had Indiana, and he was convinced that's where they were. That makes their, sense. Their family was yeah. from. So he was great. But uh, yeah, so we talked uh, two years ago, over two years ago, and here we are now. I almost said January, but it's actually February already. Time is freaking flying. Valentine's Day next week. Oh, Valentine's Day coming up, yeah. There's your reminder in case you haven't had the radio on with all the ads for flowers and chocolates and everything. Yeah. Um, I got some I Heart Matt Damon merch just for this week. What? Just for Valentine's Day because I, I love Matt Damon so much, so I got some shirts. You love Matt Damon? I just think he's great. He's talented. He's funny. The Martian won best comedy. Not even a comedy. That's how funny he is. <laughs> That's impossible. It is impossible. But here I am. Talking. Yeah, I just love him. I'm excited for the Great Wall coming out. Oh, that's his next movie. I don't. The problem with it is, I love. I like him a lot. I don't have enough jokes about it, so I just have a shirt and then not much explanation. Just like, hey guys, I love Matt Damon. We, you know, okay. So then you're familiar with like the Jimmy Kimmel thing that he does at the end of his show, where he's like, yeah. we ran out of time for Matt Damon. Yeah. My apologies, we ran out of time for Matt Damon. Right. My wife just caught on to that like a week ago, and we had oh it, really we had it because we don't I don't I must watch only watch it by myself or something. But we had it on last week, and she's like, Matt Damon was going to be on. I got no no, honey, it's a long running joke. What's the name of the actor who's the father in Arrested Development? Super funny guy. He's in a bunch of movies. Jeffrey now. Tambor, uh, the younger father, um, and Arrested uh, Jason Bateman. Yeah, yeah. He has an ongoing thing on Conan, I didn't realize this, where he plays a clip. Every time they ask to play a clip from his movie, he plays the exact same clip. You can go see a, a reel of the last 10 years of Jason Bateman. Okay, we're going to cut to your movie here, and this is you doing this. And it's, just, and it's just a cut of that horrible, it's top 10 worst movies of all time that, that was trying to make money off of E.T. It was just that alien movie that was very poorly made, and I forget what it's called. But it's just a clip of this alien. Roller. Are you talking about Mac and Me? Yes. Really? Every Jason, 
every, no every Jason Bateman, there's a reel of him. Conan, all right, we're going to cut to Jason Bateman. And it's just Mac on in a wheelchair rolling down a mountain, going off a cliff into water. Or the kid. It's the kid in the wheelchair. And then Mac, the alien, going, like, slapping his cheeks and screaming. And then it cuts back to Jason Bateman and just straight-faced, like, yeah, that's... that's and a- he's not in that movie. No. No. He just plays a clip, the same clip. That is awesome. About his upcoming movie. You remember the weird thing about that movie? is It was, like, sponsored by McDonald's. That's why it's Mac. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was a McDonald's... Wow, uh, they must have put the money behind it. Yeah, I, I had I was just reading about worst movies, or somebody was telling me about worst movies of all time, and The Room is one of the famous ones. Mm-hmm. Trolls Two, Trolls Two, not even about trolls. No, nope. it's goblins. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and Mac and Me is right up there. It was made something like eight years after E. T. Basically the same plot, and just hor like horrible graphics yeah. like not even close to et just a huge box office failure they they played it once in my junior high we watched it really during school wow <laughs> yeah that, so apparently it actually got around <laughs> yeah I, well <laughs> yeah it was probably you know what it was probably like a promotional video from mcdonald's like sent oh, to every school McDonald's sponsors. yeah oh man uh-huh. so they probably made good money just off of mcdonald's yeah get mcdonald's in schools man what uh-huh. a flop for mcdonald's they <laughs> yeah. probably had toys and everything I wonder if they did. They Mc- must have. McDonald's probably had Mac toys. They, they probably did. Uh, yeah, I have a Matt Damon thing. I um, Have you seen the most recent, uh, I guess it was last year now, but the Bourne, the most recent Bourne movie, his final one of that he course. did? Of course. Of course. Yeah. 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 The lowest Rotten Tomatoes of any Bourne movie. It justified. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. I Not mean, including the one where he wasn't in. So here's the thing. I think that the first three Bournes were all awesome. And I thought this one was not nearly as good as the first three at all. Right. But I think it but I still think it was better than fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I agree. Like I think it got lower tomatoes because the expectations <laughs> are so high. I think you're right. I think if that hadn't been a born it would have been at least 63% tomatoes. We went to Las Vegas uh, in January for a long weekend. And the week before I went, I w- that's when I watched that movie, The Latest Born. Yeah. And, of course, you remember, there's the big scene at the end in Las Vegas on the strip and everything, right? Where he crashes the car. Oh, yeah, yeah. Into the... Uh, he jumped. There's a huge chase scene. Yeah, and he strip. jumps from one building to another yeah. part of the city. Yeah. So we get to Vegas and we uh, from the airport get in a cab and I'm talking to the, and I tell the cab driver I'm like hey I go were you I go I just watched this Bourne movie and uh, I know they use a lot of I read some stuff online they used a lot of uh, you know they use real cabs in Vegas he's like oh not only was my cab in it I'm in it <laughs> I'm, then he said which I, there's no fucking way he was telling me the truth then he goes oh really I even have a copy of it up on my phone because they sent it to me early. He pulls it up on his phone and starts playing the movie while we're in the car. I still didn't believe him. Then he's like, yeah, and, uh, well, I'm in a scene. You know, remember when the bad guy gets in a cab and he, and he's and like, I, 
basically, I don't. I think he was making it up. I think he was there, but I don't think he's in the movie. So he didn't show you a clip. He of didn't him. show me the clip of don't him. You, if you were in that movie, wouldn't you have that at the ready? Yeah, you'd have a screenshot. Exactly. You wouldn't have to play the whole movie. <laughs> hey, can you stay in the cab for an hour while we get to the good part that I'm in? Yeah, right. Unless he doesn't understand screenshots, he is a cab driver. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. But, but no, uh, I if, think if you're lying. in a Jason Moore movie, you would have a screenshot of being in the movie. If you were a cab driver, I'd I'd have it on a T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, it'd be on your ID. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. I think he's full of crap. If, uh, if anybody knows of him, uh, shoot me a message here. But let's get back to uh, let's get to why you're here to do comedy here at Acme. Today's Thursday. Two shows so far. Yeah. Good. Oh, wouldn't it be great if I was like, man, the shows were so bad. Yes. No, <laughs> I know you're not going to say that. So the shows were super fun. Tuesday <laughs> was fun. I'm not even lying. Um, Tuesday was fun. Wednesday was fun. And, I, and I've been having fun. A- Acme brings out crowds that seem very open to, you know, you being creative and expressing yourself. Whereas some, cl- some places you go, they just want you to get right into your act and just do punchline, 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 punchline. But Acme lets you, I feel like the crowds here let you play around mm-hmm. and encourage it. They almost prefer you to play around. So I've been playing around up top with uh, some new stuff about, you know, how with all this new stuff going on that I'm trying to focus on the important things and I'm, you know, I'm spending more of my time doomsday prepping lately and i'm just doing this whole new bit about doomsday prepping okay i've noticed there you've been tweeting some stuff that goes along with that yeah, yeah. so that's kind of just what i'm thinking about right now and it's been fun to sort of open up the show with uh you know what's going on right now in my life yeah and uh and yeah I love I love both shows. There's a uh, that that actually reminds me of something that uh, a Lingon was saying last week uh-huh. in that he's got material pre-election. Yes, because he did it on he did it on Colbert. He exactly. did some, yeah. And now he and then he had to dump all that stuff, and now he's got new post-election jokes. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. And it's you don't know how much to say about it because people people say there's so much comedy with this Trump. It's comedy's gonna be so easy with Trump. Yeah, but most people don't want to keep hearing his name, and then another large chunk of people really love him. So it's not easy, right? To do it just it's not like the room is full of people who believe exactly what you believe, right? So you've got a divided audience, and so you have to find material that is funny without making somebody feel mad yeah well that going back to a lingon that's one of the things i pointed out uh that because i i was able to come to his show one of his shows last week very first sentence he says coming out on stage he mentions trump and yeah. that really stood out to me because i've been paying attention to how it, it's actually amazed me on the flip side of how little his name has come up on the podcast. You know, I've been doing one a week, you know, for over four years now. One a week, all last summer, up to the election, post-election. His name was like never, no one, I wasn't pushing it and just, I was letting, just waiting to see what would happen. He barely ever got mentioned on this show. Yeah. Really surprising. It's now weird. I think, now yeah. now it's coming up a little more. Now we're like, oh, okay, it's reality. And yeah. now we're dealing with what it, whether it's good or bad. Now we're dealing with this. So I thought it was interesting that he started like just. 
but it was a joke. It well, wasn't, you know, it's a good. What he used was a joke, not to alienate the crowd, which obviously yeah. you're saying you're concerned about. I feel like, I feel like it's even more fair game now because you fair you are game, supposed yeah. to make hum like you're supposed to make jokes about the president, mm-hmm. like you and you're and if you're and you're not supposed to get that offended if somebody's making jokes about the president because that's part of our culture now sure is we, we have this president and if you're getting so offended what but it's the president what am i supposed to not mention the president yeah it's just strange to get so offended <laughs> by that yeah well, I mean, and i really... think most people most people are now at a point where they're just even if they like him they're like okay it's the president they're allowed to make jokes about yeah. it yeah yeah i will say that on my as recent as my on my drive over here I was listening to a talk radio show, and they um, uh, they were reading a suggestion from one of the listeners saying that, uh, hey, you know how we the show does like a, I don't even remember what it was, not Thirsty Thursday, Fun Thursday or Happy Thursday or whatever it was. And he was like, the guy's suggestion was, could we do pick one day a week where we don't mention the president? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they, the host agreed. He goes, you know what? You're right. Let's do that. Tuesdays are going to be the day. I'm not going to mention him anymore. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And then the first thing I thought is, well, what happens when something like monumental happens on Monday night? You'd have to break your rule. Yeah, you just you just have to skip Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not. I don't think it makes comedy easier because some people really want to talk about it, get into it, demand it. Yeah. Like if you're not talking about it, it's like, are you avoiding talking about it? Yeah. And then other people just want to escape it mm-hmm. so you can't please everybody on that issue at all no so you just got to do what you're feeling yeah i i like i, I i'm at the airport I, i'm at a point where i try not to glance at the tv because every time there's some headline that just jars me mm-hmm. just shakes me to the core i'm like oh every single headline is seems insane mm-hmm. right now so I try not to look at the uh, the news too much right now. Yeah, it's easy this week to get, uh, not this week, uh, in the, these times to get yeah. tricked. Uh, like, was that an Onion headline? Or is this legit, like, from, you yeah. know? Oh, yeah, our confirmation hearing, the new education lady, at the confirmation hearing, old Betsy Devos said, some schools may need guns to prevent Things like grizzly bear attacks. She said <laughs> that it's possible. At the confirmation hearing, she mentioned bear attacks. <laughs> uh, it's not like something she said 10 years ago and has since apologized for. Right. I don't she, know what I was thinking. She just said it at the confirmation hearing. Guns to help prevent public school bear attacks. Uh-huh. Well, you tell me, Joe, what happens when there isn't a gun there? Who and, fights off the bear? Well, it's a good, and you know, I shouldn't make fun of it because I went to public school and yes, there were a lot of bears, (laughs) so I'm not one to make fun of it. I just think playing dead worked fine, you know, (laughs) and you can bang pots and pans. You better hope you're in home act when the bear shows up. I love that she mentioned bears because not only do you need a gun for bear, you would need a bear level of gun. Right? You would need the maximum strength rifle yeah. at public schools. 
That's what she brought up at Tuesday at the confirmation hearing. <laughs> I mean, it's so ridiculous that it is an Onion headline. Yeah. And I feel bad for the Onion because they're like, I mean, what do we do? They're stealing our, our lines, right? Like, yeah. These are our headlines. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, the Onion writers apparently are have been depressed like the last few months because they don't know how to tackle this. It's already so ridiculous. Yeah, really. <laughs> I'm tearing up, Joe. You're making me laugh. <laughs> that's legit. Oh, that's funny. That is so funny. I um, you did uh, Conan since the last time I saw you. Oh yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Talked about crows for the whole time. Yes, <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> Any no updates on the uh, spirit animal? Um. Oh, as far as a new one, yeah. I'm still. I've taken that quiz. It's a uh, Jerry Smith spirit animal quiz. It's online. Who's I've taken, Jerry Smith? It's just a lady that made a spirit animal quiz. Oh, J-E-R-I, Jerry. J-E-R-I, yeah. Okay. She's got some some fantasy novels, I believe. Okay. Um, and I've taken that quiz 15 times now, and I'm always a crow. Crow. Always a crow. Compatible with, I think, horses and swans, and I am not compatible with wolverines <laughs> and bears. So that ne- not not compatible with wolverines and bears needs to be your next CD title. Not compatible at all, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh So there's no updates there. I'm still crow. Um but every diff- but every different spirit and I like and I've lo- I've learned to love crows. Um the- it Makes me think of uh um uh Game of Thrones. Yeah, crows has a totally different thing when you think of Game of Cro- Game Game of Crows. Game of Crows. Game of Crows. That's a spin-off. There's the there's the they're in the game they're big piece in Game of Thrones um, or ravens which are a close relative of the crow. There's ravens, crows, magpies, and they're all very smart, very intelligent birds. Um, what were he- what were I'm sorry? What were Heckle and Jekyll? Oh, they were racist birds. <laughs> <laughs> weren't they? Or am I thinking of something else? No, that's I'm pretty sure that's yeah. Is that Dumbo? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If you, racist those, caricatures. Racist caricatures, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the more that Conan bit's been up on YouTube of me talking about crows, the more people have sent me updates about crows, like oh. new things about crows. Crows. Because really? um, my whole thing was about how they recognize human faces and hold grudges. Yeah, yeah. And now people send me these videos about how crows use tools um they're like really good at tool use um crows what (laughs) to get food or oh they're just genius level um so basically (laughs) crows only live near humans they're like kind of like mice or or rats they they're very populated near humans okay and so they've learned to live off of humans they're only so the no matter how much humans want to get rid of crows, they're just flourishing around humans. So they've learned to, they've sort of gotten really good at picking up on human behavior. For instance, I think in Beijing or something, they they pick up, uh, what is it? It was some sort of nut that they pick up or or, yeah, some sort of package that they pick up. I forget the details, but they've learned to drop it on the street and then cars will crack it 
with the tires. Yeah. So they learned to do things like crack open nuts with cars. Holy crap. And there's all these examples of crows using humans. So maybe your opinion has changed on being a crow then. Uh, yeah, I'm all about it. You're all about it. Yeah, I like them. Smart. <laughs> grudges. There's a, Oh, there's a girl now in, uh, I think, Seattle who would always leave treats for crows. And then they started bringing her gifts, like jewelry and stuff. No. It's real. No way. It's real. You can look it up. It's And it's big news now because her neighbors are so upset with her because they her neighbors just have a thousand crows in their yard yeah. now just squawking because the crows just want to hang near their their, right. their girl right yeah that's like the people that get like in you know in minnesota the house that gets the bug zapper in the backyard then their neighbor's yards are full of bugs oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah wow I, uh, <laughs> I had no idea you got so much knowledge since then that's I've had, i have a lot more crow knowledge because people keep telling me crow stuff for the last two years Wow. Yeah, I don't usually, I very rarely do that bit because often that Conan is used on the website yeah. for promo for the shows. Yeah. So I'd very rarely do that bit anymore live, but I now I just have people telling me crow facts all the time. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Who knew that this would come from that? Yeah. That's funny. One, uh, you ended uh, that set. I don't need to tell you. I guess I'm telling the listener. You ended that set talking. It was. Uh, it was uh, also tied in with the Google searches. And you say something. It was like about a fast way to make money. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 And then you say uh, about giving plasma. Yeah. Yeah. And then it ends. Um, there, I've been hearing a radio commercial recently for, in Minneapolis here about uh, giving plasma. Do you know how much they say you can make each month giving plasma? I was blown away. Uh, I'm not going to do it. I, I looked it up, and it wasn't that much. So I thought it was like $40 a pop, and you could do like twice a week. How much did you see? It said up to $300 a month. Oh, okay. So 40 a week, twice a week is 80 times five weeks is, is yeah, that's right around 300 That's amazing. Four to five weeks. Yeah, but you're. But here's the thing: Have you ever been? Have you ever been to these towns where everybody? There's these poor towns where everybody donates plasma. I lived in Duluth, Minnesota. Okay, so a lot of people were donating. Oh God, yeah. There's, yeah. there's colleges there and and other people with not a lot of money. Okay, yes, so very you busy. you run into these people and they're like, you're like, how's your day going, man? They're like, ah, oh, feel a little tired. I just just sold my plasma. So they're like, feel tired for a day. It's not. It's not healthy. No, it doesn't sound like it. Feel crappy for a day for forty bucks. <laughs> that your 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 job is to feel crappy. Yeah, and that's the thing is that right. And then you also, if you're relying on that for some income, that better be your only. You can't have anything planned the rest of the day. You can't go to your part time job right in the afternoon if you do that in the morning. Yeah, yeah. It's a strange thing. Have you? You people are making a lot of money off off of sperm donations, though, right? Uh, yeah. But I guess you got to have like certain qualifications and then be willing to be tracked down 18 years later. <laughs> <laughs> Did you I actually it's weird that you brought that up. I uh first story in the news last night, they tracked down a guy who uh has been donating he was donating sperm for like 14 years. Uh-huh. Uh but they didn't vet him properly. He's uh, like schizophrenic, bipolar, has spent time in prison. Oh, no. And they were interviewing a woman who had a baby with this guy's sperm. Jeez. And she's, you know, the kid's young, and she's like, I don't know. And now I 
can just sit here and wait and find out if these traits went to my kid. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, I do remember reading that schizophrenia can be inherited through the family, and it's there's a weird, but there's a weird, cool. Um, there's an upside. There's a cool. Apparently, there's a cool correlation with schizophrenia and synesthesia in the family. So either the kid's going to have schizophrenia or the kid might have synesthesia, which synesthesia is like a cool thing. What What is it? I don't know what that is. Synesthesia is um, where you see, you sort of see uh, a color with each word and you remember everything really well. You just see things visually. Oh. It's a cool like superpower that some people have. It's like 5% of the population. Oh. Well, someone ought to tell this lady about that. She, yeah. My aunt has synesthesia. She sees... She... She she didn't talk about it as a kid because people thought she was making stuff up. Yeah. But it's a real thing where she sees time in this arc, visual arc of different colors for different years. And it, and you can ask, you can ask, and she just remembers things very well because it's an automatic mnemonic device. Is it one of these, is she one of those people that can remember a date? Like, what happened on, uh, you know, or like, I've heard of these people like, what day of the week was... April 17th, 1974. So, yeah. And they'll be like, Tuesday. I don't know if that's my aunt specifically, but that's people with synesthesia can do that. It is. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. And, like, she's like, yeah, when I when I see your name, Joe, like, there's a, it's like a brownish color. And, and uh, yeah, you just remember people's, people, people remember people's names. It's an easy way to remember names. I don't know. But I could, anyway. Uh, I could use that. So hopefully it goes the positive way for those for those babies. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe they didn't. You'd think those companies would have to would have to vet, uh huh, very thoroughly. You would think. Yeah, it's pretty pretty personal stuff there that they're taking from people. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I I know. Did I see on um on your social media you had did jury duty recently? I did. You yeah. did. Oh man. Anything? Any stories involved in that? Oh. I mean, first of all, the whole justice system is so crazy that we accept a jury as, like, everybody just, yeah, jury, that's how, but a jury is just 12 random people. Yeah. You did it in New York, right? Yeah. So I thought you had to be kind of, I thought you had to, like, Kind of, yeah, there's jokes that you have to be dumb to get jury duty. Yeah, like out of touch, right? Because it's easy to get out of. It was not easy to get out of because I went in there, I sat down. You have to. Yeah. They say that, you know, it's against the law. People have been fined and gone to jail for avoiding jury duty. Um, it's some sort of misdemeanor. I don't want that on my record. So you have to go. Yeah. You sit there in a room. For eight hours, full of other, it's like kind of like being in a giant doctor waiting room in Queens, New York. They played Santa Claus Two, the movie. Oh, the Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I watched that. Lucky you. And you're not allowed to leave the room. And then they randomly call numbers, and I got called toward the end of the day, toward right when I was going to be released, toward five p.m. As you're, as you're staring at the clock. Yeah. Come on, tick. My number got called, and you go into an interview room, and they interviewed ten, pe- nine people before me. They got to me, and they were like, do you have any biases when it comes to a hit-and-run? Basically, when it comes to a hit-and-run car accident. I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I've been in some car accidents. I would never leave the scene of a car accident no matter what. 
Um, so clearly I have a bias in favor of the person that got hit by a car. Mm-hmm. And basically they were like, look, you know, we're out of time. We need an alternate. So we're just getting you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so, so it didn't matter what I said. So I was just stuck on a trial as an alternate. Didn't matter what I said because they were out of time to pick jurors. Yeah. And uh, as an alternate, you just sit there, watch, and then get to do nothing. And I, I was just literally isolated in a room for two days while the jury deliberated. It's weird. It's very, it was very um, not a pleasant experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at least in my case, it was just a two-day trial. Some people are, if you get grand, apparently, I didn't realize if you get grand jury, you know, you can be doing doing it for three months. Oh, yeah. So I, I just had a small civil two-day trial. That was the good part about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, Some people love it. Some people love, some of these people love being on the jury. They loved it. They wanted to deliberate. They wanted to be there because they had, you know, jobs they didn't want to be at. <laughs> And their job pays them to be like some jobs pay you while you're doing jury duty because that's required. But I don't have a job that pays me to be doing jury duty. So some people love it. Yeah. You mean the club you were booked at that week didn't uh, throw you a couple of bites? I will say the one strange part, though, was when I was done, the judge was like, I love your act. The judge was like, uh what did you think about that? And I was like, I thought it was clearly this. And the judge was like, yeah, I thought that too. What? But the jury went the other way with it. Really? So I, me and the judge <laughs> disagreed with these six jurors. No way. That's how, that's how wrong I think juries can be. Yeah. Like the judge and me were like, these people are crazy. Uh-huh. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So, so juries, I don't think they're accurate at all after that. They're very biased. Yeah, well, I tell you, um, if or when you get called back, you bring a tape of this show, of this recording along, yeah. and be like, all right, you want to hear my opinion of juries? Start at the 20-minute uh, mark. <laughs> I think they're crap. Yeah. Maybe that'll get you out. As long as they're not pressed for time needed an alternate, because alternate doesn't matter, you know? I guess not. Nobody ever needs the alternate on a two-day trial. True, true. I am thankful. I did. Uh, I got you know that postcard in the mail once. Showed up, and I think I was gone. I don't know by noon, maybe. They just dismissed you. First day done, gone. Wow. Yeah. See, see, a lot of people have these pleasant experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, but the four hours I sat there, they were miserable. Yeah, it was. It was. It was not too bad, thankfully. Yeah, I mean, also my commute to get there was an hour. So on different trains through Queens. So if you live near your, if you live in a town where you live near the, the court, it's probably not a big deal. You can just drive and park there. You had to take trains. Yeah. They should reimburse you for that. No, I mean, they don't, they don't don't at all. They don't. It's just part of your civil civic duty to be on the jury. So I want to get some updates on some things we chatted about on uh, episode 114. Yeah. All right. Episode 114. Sure you remember 114. everything we talked about. I remember I re- my synesthesia. <laughs> I remember every detail. Yeah. What I was wearing. and uh, I remember you were a mauve color. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I can tell you every part part about it. No, I, I, the, when you brought up the last comic thing, that rung a bell, but that 
So everything you tell me, I bet will ring a bell. All right. Well, here we go. We, uh, for some reason, we go, oh, yeah, because we were talking about you living in New York, and you obviously still live in New York. That's where you did the, your jury duty. Yeah. So I don't need an update on that. But uh, <laughs> I asked you, because I'm always curious about like people's living conditions and if they have a car. And at the time, you had a car with over 340,000 miles, a Ford Focus. That's correct. Where is the Ford Focus now? At exactly 356,000 miles. I was driving it to rest it in my dad's garage over the winter in Virginia because I wanted to see if I could live in New York without a car. And my car was starting to fall apart at 356. starting? At 357. So I was going to put it away in the garage just to uh, see if I could handle life in New York without a car. Uh On the drive to rest the car, potentially forever, it broke down forever on that drive so it couldn't have been better timing i suppose for a breakdown yeah. because i wasn't going anywhere in a hurry true i didn't have a deadline to get there but it broke down in the middle of pennsylvania three hundred fifty-six thousand miles um in this weird but the only negative was this, this weird kind of sad part of pennsylvania where the tow truck driver could not have been in a worse mood i think the eagles were playing that day and losing really badly <laughs> And just everybody was mad. And I was like, this is fine. I was going to get rid of the car anyway. Yeah. So it got towed to an auto parts place. The place was like, yeah, your clutch is out. Probably be around $1,800. I called uh, I called the car donation, uh, like, you know, 1-800. Cars for cars kids. For kids. Yeah. And they had somebody come to tow it away the next day as a car donation. Yeah. Um, 500 bucks right there. And I thought, Hey, I'm, this is a good cause. I'm doing a good thing. Also, I'm not paying for any more car repairs. Uh, got a letter in the mail at the end of that tax year that said, uh, Hey, your car auctioned at or below the minimum. (laughs) Oh no. Which means you get the automatic $500 tax deduction. Yeah. But it means that my car probably was just towed to a scrapyard for $0. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's just scraps now. Uh-huh. All those memories. I thought somebody was going to rejuvenate it. You thought Ford was going to buy it and put it in a museum, Yeah, I right? thought a museum. <laughs> oh, man. Look at this. 356000 on a Ford. What a great... What a great thing. Yeah, it's in no. Detroit, and engineers are uh, dis- just, dis- just <laughs> immediately <laughs> given away to for spare metal, for scrap metal. So sad. It was very sad. And there was a hotel, but 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 I rented a car the next day. It was like nothing ever happened. Yeah. I, I, I said my goodbyes to it. I left a little note. Oh, I even did a little sentimental note in the car dashboard. Just crushed into a pile. <laughs> Just into a construction pile. Uh-huh. Yeah. No one even read your note. Nobody read my note. No. But at least I put it out there into the universe. Yeah. I, so are you getting by now without a car? So I got to experiment. <laughs> a real experiment of life without a car. Yeah. And wow, life in New York is so much easier without a car. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you can just take trains everywhere. You can buy an Uber. You pay for an Uber. Or Lyft, which is actually, which it turns out to be cheaper than owning a car in New York. Yeah. Yeah. I know you were saying uh, that you had off, you had like street parking uh, when we were talking about it two yeah. years ago. But even that, 
You don't. You didn't have to worry about parking. Uh, you don't have to worry about parking. I didn't have to worry about parking at my apartment, but anytime you drive somewhere, sure, anywhere else, anywhere else, you're screwed. just it's a real lottery. Yeah, of whether you're going to get a spot or whether you're going to drive around for 15 minutes. Sure, sure. So I like not having a car. Uh, it's definitely better. Well, what is the story I hear that goes around? Uh, Nick, was it Nick Thune that did an experiment in California where he, I think it was him, he was like, I'm not going to pay parking meters. I'm just going to get the tickets and see what's cheaper. Oh, my goodness. And it turned out the the uh, the tickets for getting caught was cheaper than paying for parking. So I've heard people do that as well in New York, but after about a year of it, you'll get they get booted yes or towed to a garage uh-huh. so you're if you do that you might it's the prices may the price is going to come out about the same and i would have constant anxiety that i'm going to be booted yeah i mean that's not a good feeling no do you remember the Simpsons episode where his Homer's car got booted and he in New York? I think it, they went to New York oh, and then really? he just took off and they hit the gas and it just like ripped through the metal on the side of the car, the wheel, the wheel well. Nice. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Hey, you just mentioned anxiety. That's the sec. That's the other update I want. Okay. How yeah. are you dealing? With, we talked about anxiety back then, and it's amazing timing. Because uh, maybe this will refresh your memory about last time. We talked a little bit about that. I said that I, in the past, have had uh, panic attacks. It's mm-hmm. been years, and I've taken medication. And actually, right now, it's weird. It's crazy timing because I'm actually um, – what's the I'm, – I'm weaning myself off uh, antidepressants right now. Oh. Yeah. Which one were you Which one were you So loft. Yeah? So I'm like – right now, I've – like just four days ago, I cut my uh, – dosage in half again how you feeling pretty good yeah pretty good day two i was super crabby and my wife pointed it out and i was like i think it might be i'm just like i want to pounce like i want to just like yell at somebody right now isn't the key i mean what do i know but isn't one of the keys to just exercise doesn't exercise boost your spirits yeah yeah oh yeah have you been doing that not enough (laughs) no yeah because so there you go for anxiety in the last two years probably since I talked to you, I read, yeah when do we twenty fourteen I read the anxiety and phobia workbook, um, really good, and uh, so the two main things are exercise, sort of punches anxiety in the face, mm-hmm. and um, less caffeine. Yeah. And you mentioned that last time. So now the other thing I'm doing is, uh, so yeah, exercise, less caffeine. The other thing I'm doing is, um, well, this is new. Okay. My New Year's resolution this year was to meditate every day. Okay. And uh, that was a little aggressive. I've uh, I've done that once so far. Uh Uh-huh. But uh, (laughs) I learned, I had never meditated before, and I learned meditation. Have you meditated? No, but I've had many. Every time it comes up a conversation, I'm fascinated and think that it, that would be something good for me. But yeah, no, I've never got myself to to even try. So here's what you do: you just close your eyes and and worry about everything. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what it is. I didn't realize that's what it was. I thought you relaxed, <laughs> but no, you just you just panic. Oh, no. my mantra is oh no. <laughs> You just repeat that. Oh, no. 
Do I have it down? Oh no. So, yeah. Uh, but the, so I'm trying to get. So I've, I've been learning how to meditate. How? And what it is, what it actually is, was news to me. Is you're just supposed to focus on your breathing, and anytime your my anytime your mind drifts to a random thought, that's okay. You just bring it back to your breathing, and that's all meditation is. Okay. It's that simple. You set an alarm for like ten minutes, and but here's the thing: medit. So the in breath is easier than the out breath to focus on. Okay. But then, but then for a while, that's all I could think about. I was just like in breath, snooze, out breath, got it. And uh, I don't think you're supposed to be competitive with your breathing. <laughs> that's where I was at for a while. But basically, each day I'll try to do a 10 minute timer and just focus on the breath. And the first few weeks, it's. Nothing. You don't really notice much, but after you do it regularly, it's crazy how positive the effect is. Really? Yeah, crazy. Because you don't realize how many um, scattered thoughts you're thinking about throughout the day, and basically meditation just makes you present, and it and it learn and it and it teaches you to sort of shut out all the chatter in your brain. Mm-hmm. You don't. I had no idea that my brain was chattering. Okay. Yeah. So it just lets you sort of focus in, and be present, and it slow. And it kind of slows down. Kind of helps time slow down a little. That's good. So I like it. We could all use that. Yeah. Uh, have you tried one of those apps? I know there's like apps for. Uh, so far, all I've tried is the Oprah Deepak 30 Day Guided Meditation called Destiny and Desire. Okay. Um, that's what my mom gave me for Christmas. Really? Because that's what I asked her for. Aww. And uh, day one, Deepak goes, ask yourself, who am I? And I'm just like, um, Deepak Chopra? <laughs> Take your time. No rush. <laughs> who am Yeah, you're definitely Deepak. <laughs> I'm a fan. I know your voice. I asked for a design for Christmas. No, I don't... <laughs> I don't understand the guided meditation because you're just listening to a voice talk to you. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not meditation. That's a guy talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've heard there's apps, but that seems, it seems like a oxymoron to meditate from your cell phone. Yeah. As soon as you started that sentence, I'm like, the biggest freaking distraction in all of our lives is probably yeah. the phone in our pockets. I mean, the like, reason I need meditation is... Cell phone. Like, yeah, to it gets, away, to, to get, put it away for 10 minutes. It gets you out of that vicious circle of ch- clicking on the different things yeah. on your phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How uh, how soon after waking up in the morning do you look at your phone? Immediately? Wow. Not including the alarm clock if you're using it as an alarm. When my life is good and I'm living a living – and I'm living my uh, my ideal life – I won't even look at it till like noon. Wow, really? But mo- wait a minute—is that getting up at eleven <laughs> thirty? Like I'll wake up at nine and and then live my life and then check it at noon. When wow, lately my alarm's on my phone. Yeah, I just click off the alarm and then just Twitter, Facebook, 
Instagram, email, phone messages, and then the cycle starts. Yeah. So I, when I'm home, have a different alarm I set, but when mm-hmm. I'm traveling, I don't trust. Well, I should just do the hotel wake up calls. Oh, you were going to say you don't trust those alarm clocks in a hotel room? I don't room? trust the alarm clocks hotel room. I, I understand that. But So, yeah, when I'm traveling, I set my phone alarm, and then it's just immediately down the rabbit hole. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And Twitter's not where you want to start your day. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> just immediate headlines. Uh-huh. Down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I agree. But let's uh, – I speaking of Twitter, I – Saw one of your tweets that was uh, that you put out during the Super Bowl uh-huh. last Sunday. Yeah, and it was uh, now would be a good time for the Patriots to start cheating. <laughs> well, it turns out I don't yeah. know if they needed to. Well, they were down. I think I tweeted that when they were down twenty-five to three or twenty-five to six, and uh, yeah, a little Twitter humor about the uh, old Deflate Gate uh-huh. and the old Spy Gate. Oh, it was accurate because yeah, Patriots have those two things in their past uh and then yeah i think they 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 either didn't need to or they took that advice (laughs) because they made a strong comeback (laughs) that was an amazing game gronkowski was on twitter and saw that and he's like hey joe (laughs) joe's suggesting we start cheating now yeah coach coach it was crazy that was a crazy game um where'd you watch it did you go to a party did you bring uh, snacks for everyone? You know, if you can hear me a little, I'm I'm still a little congested. I had such bad allergies that night, just so stuffed up from some pollutants or whatever. That where were you last week? Let's blame them. I was in New York City. Oh, it's New York. So I stayed home, watched it on on my computer, all by myself, all by yourself, and that's why I probably went on the I went on the Twitter. On the commercials. Sure. Because uh, just all by myself watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, got my got my seamless takeout order. It was perfect. Nice. It was a dream. Yeah. People talk about how hard it is living in New York, but you can order food from anywhere in the world online, and it delivers to you in 20 minutes. I feel like a, yeah, I feel like a king sometimes. <laughs> Except where you have to pay for it when it gets there. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I don't think about Kings that. Kings don't worry about that. Credit card. <laughs> you don't notice that. Uh, yeah. Did, did you have a rooting side on the Super Bowl? Uh, you know, not, no. Not this year. In fact, I kind of just, be, I think I was a lot, with a lot of people, like, you know, let's another team, let's give another team a chance. Yeah. Plus, I, I'm very fond of Kostaki, Economopolis, and he's a huge, uh, you know, he's from Atlanta, he's a huge Falcons fan, so I was like, hey, you know what? He's the one person I know is a fan. You know what? Win it for Kostaki. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, I fell in love with Gaga at the halftime. That was good, wasn't it? I was like, oh, man. I, and this is true. I looked up my, uh, after the Super Bowl, my last four authentic Google searches were what does Lady Gaga actually look like? Uh, the next one was, is Lady Gaga married? Because I wanted to say hi to her. Um, <laughs> we'll see if I still had any chances. Uh-huh. The one after that was uh, soothing fish tank sounds. I'm trying to relax. And the one after that was how much uh, flonase is too much. 
<laughs> I saw these, and now that all makes sense. You you were uh, stuffed up. For, yeah. yeah, you had some allergies, so that explains so, the flonase. Yeah, that's where that's where my head was at that last Sunday. But you were you were confident that she's in like your age group, like not I too old or too young. I, I saw that she's thirty. Oh, okay, which is in my you know that's in my it's definitely in my range. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just need a you know I need to find a contact for her. Um, I don't know how to reach her, you know, <laughs> say hi. No mutual friends. I was very impressed with her halftime performance. I thought she nailed it. Um, I couldn't believe she caught, she did all that and then caught a football. Right. I mean, if you miss that catch, people are going to make fun of that. That's all we're talking about. That's even if you did everything else perfectly, you miss that catch <laughs> and it's like just the worst thing that ever happened. Uh-huh. And she caught it. Yeah. It was amazing. On the way, yeah. What did she jumped off the stage and caught it? Right? Is yeah. I'm remembering that right. Yeah, I stayed home and watched it uh, with. Well, I was in a, the living room with my wife, but um, she fell asleep. I thought she was awake for the Lady Gaga because when it was over, I was like, "Holy crap!" I'm like, "That was really good, right?" <laughs> yeah. And then it was over, and she got on Facebook and was seeing everybody write about how amazing the performance was. Yeah. Which is awesome. You never see it. Never, never, ever is anybody raving about Like, every time there's a Super Bowl halftime, people are like, that was terrible. Yeah. But this year, everybody was just like, whoa. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. So she was reading all about that and then and then was like, oh. So I didn't even care about the game. The one thing I would have liked, I slept through. That's yeah. great. And then we couldn't find, nobody was supposed to get online that night. You know, for trademark or whatever. It's it's the Super Bowl strange because everybody tunes in for it, even if they don't care. Yeah, it's one of those weird phenomenons mm-hmm. where it's like, well, yeah, I guess we're watching this. Did you uh, on my drive over here to the club? Uh, driving on uh, I ninety four, there's a huge billboard that they have right now. One of those electronic ones that changes, you know, every ten seconds or whatever. Three hundred, just so you know, we're three hundred and sixty days away from the Super Bowl in Minneapolis. <laughs> oh, it's coming here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh huh. You got a, well, you had a you had a good team at the beginning of the year and they faded, but I think there's potential. I think there's potential for the Vikings. No, no team has ever played in their home stadium at a, for a Super Bowl. I think they got a shot. I mean, they 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 look like they're building. They're building right now. Now is the t- you know we never had a Super Bowl that went to overtime. Now in 2018, oh, yeah. it'll be you know now we've had a team play in their home stadium. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I'm gonna say Vikings. Um, well, I don't even know which. Com- I don't even know which conference there. <laughs> Uh, We're in the same one as uh, the Falcons. Okay. The NFC. So I'm going to say Vikings. Uh, not It's not going to be New England again. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, oh, what do I know? I get confused because there's Green is Green Bay. So Vikings have to go through Green Bay. They're in our same. To get yeah, to the Super Bowl. Division, oh, that's going to yeah. be tough too. <laughs> you got a tough division. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. You grew up in West Virginia, right? I did. Yeah, yeah. I got a confusing, I got a confusing identity because people are like West Virginia, hillbilly, and then I'm like, but then I played college golf, right, at a private school, yeah. Davidson. And people are like, oh, preppy, <laughs> and now I live in New York City and do comedy. And people are like, Jewish. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I 
I'm just in different places. I'm the same person. I, I don't. I'm not a hillbilly. I'm not a rich kid, and I'm not Jewish. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Could you live your life to make things more clear so we don't have to ask? We can assume correctly. Uh, it's you know, weird. traits of yours. It's weird how locations <laughs> breed. It's weird how locations breed st- such stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Were you? So what I was going to ask is, growing up in West Virginia, what like who was your sports teams? Like, did you did oh. you have a football team growing so, up? Because I lived in Cleveland till I was four. I always rooted for the Cleveland Indians, Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, okay. And when I was really young, I saw the Browns go to the playoffs with Testaverde. Oh, wow. And Bernie Kosar. Uh-huh. And then it's just been 28 years of the Browns being the worst the team. Worst. Or not even a or team. Or non-existent. <laughs> so the Browns have been hard. The Browns have been hard. I also, so moving to Morgantown, uh, you Morgantown kind of roots for uh the Steelers and the Pirates by default because we're an hour away. Okay. So you get a little bit of rooting for the Steelers. And then, but then, then you get all these people that are like, you can't root for the Browns and the Steelers. Oh, right. And I'm like, look, I didn't grow up. See, the people that say that are the people that grew up in cities where they just have all their sports figured out for them. Yeah, you're right. I've rooted for, I've rooted for, Boston, my whole life, mm-hmm. New England teams, my whole life. Yeah, because you grew up there, right? And you still live there, and you have yes. There's lots of people who don't live. Yeah. Your grandpa was a fan as well. Yeah, it's there's, in you. There's lots of people that don't live in a city with pro sports. Yeah, so they give you a hard time if you root for both. But that's just the way it is. I root for the Steelers, and hey, what you? If I root for the Browns, who cares? They haven't won a game. For seven years. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're one of a, just a handful of people still. You yeah. and that guy in the dog mask right. are the ones still pulling for the for the problem. But my real conflict of interest right now, and it's a struggle, is uh, grew up rooting for the Cavs, and then LeBron came along, and then I went to the same college as Steph, Steph Curry. Steph Curry, yes. And I've met him, and he's a nice guy. I love him. Basically, my dream came true when I met him. Uh <laughs> Just savor that moment. And uh, so Steph Curry, my alma mater, went to uh, Golden State. So I've been rooting for Steph Curry since his rookie year. And I've been rooting for the Cavs since before LeBron even came along. So I root for both. And then they're now they're rivals. So that's really confusing. Uh Uh-huh. It's like, I'm sorry, but Golden State and the Cavs have not been that good. No. Until just two years ago. Oh yeah, that group is even that group is really small. That had loyalties to those two. Yeah, Golden State they were like forgotten forever. Yeah, yeah. forever. Yeah, Cavaliers uh, really as well. So now they got this huge rivalry, and I'm like, oh man, this is tough. But I, I got to root for Steph because he's went to my college. Yeah, and I and I I love him. How 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 did you meet him? I got to hear. Oh, just oh, I just went to a game, a Brooklyn Nets game, and a mutual friend. Uh, Hooked up a, a a sort of an after game hangout in the in the arena or outside we went somewhere? to a diner and got um, got diner food. It was great. You went to a diner with Steph Curry, yeah, <laughs> in New York. Yeah, that's really cool. Right after a Brooklyn Nets uh, Warriors game about two years ago. No shit. And uh, I was just like the whole time I was just like, "You're my favorite person," but I tried not to say that out loud. Did you? Yeah. Did you play it cool? I I I played it cool. And uh, we just had a fun meal because there were mutual friends 
that he knew from college. So it was very, it was very just Davidson stuff. Now the most important thing, did you make him laugh? I I did, and I I, I definitely logged every laugh in my head as mm-hmm. like yes, big huge moment for me, Joe. Good work. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> did he have any interest in about uh, uh, your career? Yeah, he was super nice about it because my friend is a fan of comedy and he kept like mentioning how I was a good comedian. And so Steph was asking questions about like Conan because he's done Conan. And, uh, yeah, you might not know we have something in common stuff and, uh, besides Davidson. Yeah. He was just, uh, he was saying, I think he was saying how it's intimidating to do Conan because, uh, you know, Conan's surprisingly tall uh-huh. and, uh, yeah, he's just, but 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 if you watch him, if you watch him, he's the he's one of the most playful dudes when it comes to comedy. Mm-hmm. Like they teach you an improv to yes and right. And so if you watch most NBA players, you'll see one of the Conan guys go on and like play around with them, and they'll be like, "Come on, bro." But Steph will always yes and. So like I lo- I think he's got good comedy uh, instincts. Oh yeah. If you watch the different basketball players, most of them will be like, nope, not going there. And LeBron will do a little bit of playing around, but Steph really plays around. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty neat that you noticed that. I mean, all I can do is say good things about Steph. Yeah. I'm actually sad that Durant went to Golden State because I just want Steph to take all the shots. (laughs) (laughs) You're the one Golden State fan who doesn't like Durant there. Yes. I just, I'm like, I'm like a hundred percent Steph Curry fan. And yes. So yes, I root for golden state by default. That's insane. (laughs) (laughs) I want I want it to be just Steph and then four scrubs and he just has to take every shot. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's funny. Cause that's what I, I mean, that's not exactly what it was at Davidson. It was actually a good team, but he was forced to take most of the shots Mm -hmm. because that team was a, the guys around him were pretty defensive minded and then just all him on offense. So it was fun to just get to watch him take every shot. How far did they go when he was there? Oh, in the NCAA? best year of my life. They got to the elite eight and almost beat number one. They beat a number two seed, George Georgetown. They almost beat number one seed Kansas in the elite eight. Okay. Uh, he had a shot to win and um, another pro now. I forget his name. The the point guard for the Heat, anyway, played good defense on Steph the whole game. And uh, anyway, had a shot to win, but Kansas went on to to win, I think, the whole thing that year. Yeah. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah, but Davidson's small school, so it was cool to see them go so far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's really cool. Um, I We've been doing this for about an hour, Joe. I don't oh, know man. I you noticed that. Time's flying, man. I just get really excited about Steph Curry, and then everybody listening is like, please, no more basketball. Oh, well, <laughs> the basketball talk is done. Yeah. Uh, one other thing that I want to ask you about, um, <laughs> and only because you mentioned uh, the, the when we did the podcast two years ago, you were I don't remember how we got on it, but you were mentioning like, oh, I think it was when you were talking about your Ford Focus, and you were like, you know, I'm looking if Ford can give me an endorsement, that would be great. And then we were mentioning like some other companies, and I think you said like, oh, I like you know, uh, Chipotle was one of them that you mentioned. Love like, Chipotle. Yeah. yeah, you went to the first one ever. I did. Is that right? 
I went to Denver and I heard that it was where the first ever Chipotle is in Denver. Weird. And I was like, I'm making the Mecca. <laughs> I am making this Mecca. And you would think the original Chipotle would be decked out with just memories. And, to let you know it's we are the original. And I'm not going to say I was disappointed, but it is very understated. Yeah. The original Chipotle is a tiny, tiny nook oh. in the side of a building. Uh-huh. And you just like squeeze in, make your order, and there's like four seats. So you're like, wow, this started off very small. Yeah. This started off very small. So, yeah, I got to see. It was surprising how small it was. Um, little, yeah, it is not. They, they need to put, Chipotle, if you're listening, you need to put some more memories up in your flagship store. Uh-huh. There should be banners, photos, memories, signed things from famous people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what you're saying is you're not, when people go to Denver, you're not sending them there. Not right now. Well, if if Chipotle is as important to you as it is to me, you got to make the Mecca, pay your tribute. Yeah. Uh, tasted it, the same, I'm guessing. Yeah, tasted the same. It's good. They uh, they made a good burrito, <laughs> but Chipotle's been in some trouble lately. Stock is down, right? Are you aware of this? It is currently. I did not know that. Yeah, they 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 had all those food scares a year ago. Right. Yeah. Um, their CEO, Crumb Packer, got caught doing cocaine or something. Not their CEO, but their main one of their big guys, cocaine. And then uh, I didn't know any of this. And then all sorts of food scare problems. And so Chipotle's reputation is actually down lately. But but I'm I'm still. Uh, I'm still going. I'm a little more Panera bread now, but I'm still going. Oh, Panera is another one you mentioned too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love Panera. Uh, I, I, it's funny because uh, when they, they were having all those, you know, dirty lettuce or whatever was going on with Chipotle a year or so ago, yeah. right? Um, I that did make me stop going. Yeah. And then it came up on the podcast here when Jake Johansson was the guest, uh-huh. and he was like, and he was like, oh yeah, I just went there today. What do you What are you scared about? It's fine. I go there once a week. Yeah. And ever since then, I've been like. Jake's right. Fuck it. I'm going to Chipotle. So Jake Johansson got me back going to Chipotle. Yeah. It, what's great, if you, ever see a, <laughs> if you ever see a Chipotle next to a Qdoba, I don't want to be a hater on Qdoba. I think, they're, <laughs> I, think they're, I think they're a good place. But it is hilarious. I feel bad for Qdoba. Because uh-huh. if you see a Chipotle next to a Qdoba, there is a line out the door at Chipotle at lunchtime. And Qdoba, you'll see like one person in there. It is so sad, the difference. I don't think I've ever been to one of those. Exactly. They have them here, but I don't think I've been to one. Every now and then you'll meet somebody. One in a hundred people is like, Qdoba, <laughs> they got that queso. And you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> one in a hundred. I feel so bad for Qdoba. And they're one in a hundred fans. And who knows? Who even knows about how Moe's Southwest Burrito is doing? I don't know how they're holding up. <laughs> Moe's? Moe's is a thing. Oh. I don't know how they're sticking, staying through it. Have you been to their original? I have not been to their flagship. <laughs> the flagship, pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Is there anything else we should uh, be mentioning? Are you Your CD has uh, been around for a few years. You still, are you yeah. still selling that at the shows or doing the codes or it's, giving uh, it away? Or what are you well, doing? it's... Uh, I just, I haven't been, because it's, the CD is on iTunes and it's on Spotify. It's Smiling at Wolves. Yep. 
and uh, it's get plays regularly on Sirius. So uh, I don't really mention it at the shows, but um, it's it's out there, and I'm happy with it, and I'm going to be hopefully recording a new hour this fall. Okay. Yeah. Um, this fall, hopefully a new CD. And uh, what else? Yeah, I'm trying to do silly things on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Joe Zimmerman on both of those. Mm-hmm. Trying to get that social media game going. Yeah. Uh, silly things there. And um, yeah, uh, my website uh, has my upcoming dates. That's about everything. All right. Yeah. That'll do, I think. Um, is there anything else I was going to say? I have... Uh, I... I... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm going to tell you one more thing. I was debating on whether I was going to bring this up, but I, I think you'll appreciate this. So last time you were on, I uh, had mentioned to you that I, I bought your uh, the download of your uh, album. Cool. Right? Yeah. And uh, you never gave me back the 10 bucks because then you told me that you were now giving it away. And I was like, oh, I feel ripped off. No, oh. that's not true. <laughs> Some of that is true. Because I, I did say I paid for it. And then you were like, oh, I'm giving the codes away now. I was. Oh, I was. <laughs> oh, no, I offered you a code, but I had been. I was selling it. Yeah. No, no, I know. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm just giving you grief here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, here's proof that I had had that on my phone. Uh huh. I do not have your album on my phone. That's anymore. the way phones work, right? Well, I still I still possess it because I purchased it from iTunes, so uh-huh. I can download it again when okay. I want to listen to it again. Yeah. But here's the deal. I'm listening. When I would plug my phone in to my car. Oh yeah. Your joke, one of your jokes, was the very first, like, it defaulted to that. <laughs> so I heard the first two lines of one of your jokes. So many times. 300 times. It was like, all right. I, can't do it anymore. No, I, no offense, Joe, but I can't. I would, I would hate myself after three times. Yeah. Uh, was it ADD because of alphabetical order? Or yes. Something? Did it go by alphabetical? Yes. And so it was ADD. Yes. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I would be mad at myself. Yeah. My doctor wrote me a prescription for these pills. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would hear that over and over and over. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I feel bad about that. It's fine. Hey, you know, I just assumed you did it like the guy who named his company, like, Quadruple A Movers or something to be first in the uh, phone book. That was one of those jokes that that was one of those jokes that I was always hesitant to do because I heard a lot of ADD jokes. Mm-hmm. But... I went to a doctor with, and that all that happened, and with the Ritalin and the doctor just being like, "Yeah, okay, you have ADD." Like all that happened, I just had to say it, and then it always got such a good reaction that I ended up opening that album with it because it was a true story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've since retired that bit. Okay. Yeah. Am, am I the first person who's told you that it popped up on their? I've had other people tell me that they'll be playing music. And hear my tracks because they have it. Okay, uh, like they have it's. Um, it's the one comedy album they have. Oh, so they'll just. I have a lot more than that. It'll just be music, music, and then me telling some joke. Okay, that's yeah. ruin. That just ruins the mood uh-huh. of that atmosphere. <laughs> so yeah, that uh, ADD was first in my alphabet on my phone, but since then. It is now uh, Against All Odds by Phil Collins. Oh, perfect. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the new A. That's the new A one. Yes. How does that open? Uh, dun, dun, it, uh, there's no, there's no lyrics at first. It starts out instrumental. Yeah. It's more time to, you know, have you heard it 300 times yet? Not quite. Yeah. Not yeah. quite. Cause not it's quite. just happened maybe last fall. So I like that. We're there's, not up to 300. Yet. I like that. There's a category in your life that I'm in the same category as Phil Collins. Mm, yes, you are. <laughs> 
there's one little category where me and Phil Collins uh, are similar in your brain. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> That's my special power is I categorize you and Phil Collins the same. That's awesome. <laughs> Joe, it's been great. Uh, continued success. Uh, I'm a big fan. And Thank you. People should come out and see your shows this week. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, five more shows. Exactly. All right. Thank you. Cool. Boom. Thank you.